This is Amy Cohen Epstein, founder and executive director of the 20 plus year old nonprofit organization, the Lynn Cohen Foundation, and the SEAM, the series for education and awareness in medicine. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing female founders, entrepreneurs, scientists, doctors, researchers to talk about women's health, wellness, and preventive care. Take a listen. Hi. I'm very excited to be talking to Alexa Curtis this morning, and I am, I'm not even going to do a full intro to you because I feel like you'll do it better, but what I am going to start with is the fact that I feel like your career started when you were 12 years old, which yeah, is amazing and phenomenal, and my youngest child is 12 years old, and I was looking at him this morning thinking about you and thinking... Well, there's no way that he would start any sort of semblance of a career right now um, as he was reading his book. And I'm like, hurry up, we're going to school, move it. Um, And so I just think that in itself is pretty phenomenal and um, mind blowing at the same time. And that not only was it, you know, I had a lemonade stand at 12 that certainly didn't translate into anything that I do you know, many, many decades later, but that really what you started at 12 years old actually is quite relevant to what you're doing now. Not that you're that, you are older, but not that much older. Um, And I think that is what I would love to just start with. And so tell us, you know, what was it that you were doing? What inspired you? What, I know there's the word bullying came up, um, which is, you know, such a big deal, right? In the world it was then, it certainly is now. I actually think it's overused now and used in the wrong way. Um, So maybe you want to talk about that too, but just, you know, how phenomenal it is that your brain was working in that way at such a young age and that clearly you were on a path um, inspired by, I assume other people around you, adults, but you're, you know, just sort of the the place in which you were dropped um, in those sort of pre-adolescent years. So take it away. Well, thank you for what I have to say. So, oh my gosh. Well, thank you for having me and for the intro. And it's so cool that you have a son who's 12 as well, because I remember those times and I honestly can't even imagine growing up now being 12 than back then because social media wasn't even a thing, but I actually, yeah, really didn't have a super strong family core or anyone in my family, quite frankly, who was an entrepreneur. And I grew up in a really small town in Eastern Connecticut called Mansfield. And back in 2011, which is when I started the blog, there was a super, super small group of young bloggers out there. One in particular, a lot of people are familiar with Tabby Jevonson. And so I think I had read about her in an article and I created this platform on blogger.com called life in the fashion lane. And I think initially I really just was like, oh, this will be a hobby. I did end up getting bullied starting about seventh and eighth grade, which is about when I started the blog. So simultaneously that did not help me be the cool girl at all, but I really had decided that I, from a really young age, didn't fit in, didn't like school, did very poorly in school and knew and was very clear to me from my parents, just the way that I was brought up that I come from really middle-class working parents. I was never going to have money to go to college. I was never going to have money to do anything that I wanted to do. And I think I just always knew that I wasn't someone who was going to stay in a small town and live the life that society, especially in a small town, wanted me to do. So I kept the blog going. And 
for the past 10 years have built it out into this full-time lifestyle platform that ultimately helped me land a show on Radio Disney. So I spent some time and still do in, uh, in LA, which is where I know you are. And now I run another company called the Be Fearless Summit. So that's teaming up with different colleges to host young adult empowerment conferences. And so it's been quite the journey, but I do remember being 12 and there's some days I miss it and most days I don't. <laughs> Definitely not. It is a really precarious time to be a sort of that pre-adolescent stage. There's this amazing um, innocence that's been kind of stripped from our kids. Uh, he's my youngest. I have a 16-year-old and an almost 19-year-old as well. I have three boys and it's a different experience being a boy than a girl for sure. But there's this innocence really that's been stripped from our, our kids and that whole generation because nothing's real in their life unless it's posted, unless it's, yeah. you know, sh shown to the world. And that really changes, you know, it's just changes how they grow up and it's, it's never going to go back. So, you know, certainly as a parent, it's a whole new, it's a whole new ball game. And I think for them, and I think what I would love to talk to you about is certainly, I know what you talk about, um, is there, you know, how it affects your self-esteem and then really how it affects your mental health. So my whole world for the last, you know, my entire adult life since I was a teenager and then my entire, you know, career has been about women's health. I focused on women, women's health and wellness and preventive care. Um, my specific focus is on cancer prevention, on women's you know, breast and ovarian cancer prevention, but I really talk about the entire, the, our entire selves. So it, it also focuses on mental health and physical health because it, it goes hand in hand, as we all know. And so mental health is incredibly important um, for so many reasons. But I, I think that what you're doing and the way you're speaking about it and from your own experience, and I'm sure experiences that have, you know, compounded that over the years, so let's talk about that and just, you know, how you address it, how you talk to young people about, you know, self-esteem, about their importance of their mental health, what they can do, how they can, you know, sort of take it back and, and empower themselves. You know, how do you do it? How do you get, how do you, how do you convince them? How do you give, you know, give them their power back? I want to say. The word you used, I think it was what, what was the word that you used to describe how young people, like it's not innocent or whatever on the internet. They've nowadays. had their innocence, take it away from yeah. them completely. Yeah, that's a really great, yeah, that's a really great point. And it's really great as well, I think, to hear parents acknowledge that. And there's so many levels to go into that's part of a whole other conversation in terms of how toxic the internet is and how it's become. But on top of that, how rewarding it can be to a lot of young people. But I think what's really unique about my story that I find a lot of other, and I hate the term influencer, like I never considered myself that people consider that to be me now, but like, I always like prefer the term entrepreneur over influencer. Cause I don't find myself to be someone who just like posts glamorous pictures online. And like that, I just go to bed and I get paid to do that. That was never me. And so I always viewed social media as a tool. I never viewed it as a lifeline. And I think what does make me and sets me apart in this category now is the authenticity surrounding myself and the brand that I've built. I don't find a lot of other influencers or TikTok or social media people, whatever will so authentically talk about body image or 
the experiences they've had dating or talk about, you know, running a business, the ups and the downs and the money part of it. And so I've really taken that upon myself because I was never taught those things. And so if there's anything that I can do, it is teach that to the people who follow me now, because that's everything I wish I had known growing up. And I find this day and age so fascinating because it's really interesting, especially right now, what's even happening with something like women's rights. I was still never even as a kid taught about birth control. And I would assume nowadays they're still not teaching you about birth control. So like to the 12 year old girls out there seeing this on the news, they probably don't even know the gravity behind this because they weren't taught about it because I wasn't taught about it. So it's almost like now there's a possibility they're not even going to have the access and resources to even understand it less than I even did. Uh, so again, I, I just really find it a, a mission for anyone who is so public online to really share their experiences and be vulnerable. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, and it's a tough thing because I think once you become someone who's followed um, and does have influence over other people, especially young people, you decide, right? If you're going to use that, how you're going to use that. And if you've decided you're going to be positive and you're going to use it in a way to help other people be their best selves and take what I say is take control of their health and wellness, which includes what you're doing, um, then help them make good decisions. And the best way that you could do that is to help to educate them and give them the resources to make those good decisions. And so we're all, you know, so grateful that you're doing that. I think that's, that's not a way that a lot of people use their, their platforms and, and, you know, knowing that vulnerable kids who are, kids in the bigger term, you know, young, young kids and on older and teenagers and young adults, you know, don't necessarily look to the right people or the right, you know, information to make good decisions. Um, when it comes to all the things that you just mentioned, you know, finances and how to use them and how to save and how to, yeah. you know, build their own careers and paths to take and, education and, you know, how to change their lives. And, you know, what, if you want, if you grow up in a small town, like you did and how you, okay, you don't want that to be your future. How do you change it? What decisions can you make? Those are really hard things to do, especially if the, the role models in your life are not the people that you necessarily want to follow. Not that your parents are wonderful people, but if they didn't choose, you know, paths that you want to go down, right. In terms of their career or what they do day to day. That's really hard. It's really, really hard. Um, you know, I took for granted that I grew up in Los Angeles and, you know, had all these people around me who were doing really different, interesting things. And I saw that as opportunity, I saw those opportunities in front of me from such a young age, that was just luck. So, you know, not everybody has that for sure. Um, I think that's, that's a really commendable and, and excellent and amazing. And that you started doing that at such a young age, I think is, it's pretty cool. Well, thank you. But I also think, I mean, I have so many friends and having been in LA and, and it was so interesting for me to make the transition there coming from like literally nothing like I did and seeing a world of, to be totally blunt, like trust fund kids and kids will never have to work. And, and what I came to realize, and I really struggled with that, especially having started at Disney um, and having been at the point that I was in my career, but still really working so much and still even like now, like working all the time, you know, having to make a living for myself uh, and feeling elements along the way of like, why is it that these kids got this and I never got this? And I think I just really realized that there was, there's no negative side to having that or taking it for granted because you don't know any other way. 
And I've realized too, with, with conversations of friends of mine who grew up in that culture and that environment, I certainly can tell off the bat that they're jealous that I have done this and that, and that I did it on my own. And all you're really given when you grow up in a lifestyle different than me is, is the opportunity and the access, but it really is an access, but it's really, how do you make it the same way that like, you know, I could have gone and become a nurse like my mom was, and that would have been amazing, but I didn't want to do that. So it's the same as someone gives you a million dollars and it's like, what do you want to do? You still have to take that next step and do it. Uh, so, so it's commendable both sides. Agreed. Um, open doors are just open doors. It's, it's a matter of what you do once you get in the room yeah. and how you yeah. present yourself and how you, and what you, you know, how hard you work and all of those things. And that's, that's on you a hundred percent. That's on you. That's on what you're born with. And then what you do with it uh, really a hundred percent, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I've seen on both sides, I've seen, you know, those same kids fail and I've seen those same kids do really well. And I've seen, you know, people who've come from nothing and do really well and seen kids who've come from nothing and, you know, not been able to make it because they don't really work that hard. And it's everybody, everyone can end up in the same boat. I, I do agree with that. Um, so in terms of um, the colleges and the universities that you go and speak at, tell me more about that and those conferences and, and tell me what it's like, because it sounds phenomenal and so interesting and who comes and who's there and what the program is. I think it's really cool and being fearless. Yeah, I switched my whole model surrounding fashion to be completely about being fearless and living life unfiltered when I was about 18 because I was approached by an online therapy platform to talk at their conference. And I just realized that I was someone who really not only enjoyed on a personal level, deep connections with people and, and conversations, but even more so on my platform. And so I had the idea after going and speaking at a lot more conferences, following the talk space one on a variety of different topics to start something that was geared towards people my age, because I was getting hired to speak and share my story, but I never was learning anything from the other speakers just because they were all so old and like already made. And I think when you're 17, 18, 19, like hearing the Oprah's of the world tell you, just keep going, like you're gonna make it. You're like, okay, but you're Oprah. Like, what about someone who's, you know, what about you when you were 17? And so I had the idea and uh, it premiered back in 2019 at Drexel. And so far we've had five, the biggest one being in February with UConn and there's now another one that'll be bigger than that one in September with Central Connecticut State University and basically the concept is to bring together really inspiring entrepreneurs and CEOs and lead panels and discussions surrounding a variety of different topics like how to build your own resume and how to utilize the internet wisely and how to land your dream job and, and all of those kind of things that I find a lot of young people are just not taught in school as crazy as it is to think that they're in school not learning about money. There is no course in school about money or taxes or accounting. Uh, so I really strive to bring together panelists who are such thought leaders in those categories and then there's a catered lunch and there's sponsors and networking and mentorship and it's just a fun, fun program. That's awesome. And how are you finding these people, the speakers and the mentors that you're, the mentorship program that you're doing? Yeah. So last year I launched at the end of the year. So Q4 of last year, a program called Mentor Match. And I had this idea to basically take a lot of people, super successful people who I interviewed on my radio Disney show or my podcast 
uh, and see if I could create a program where you would have access to these people to book a call with them uh, and very, very cheaply. Uh, now, that being said, these mentors are not people who necessarily really like solicit this online they're not coaches they're not full-time mentors they were just doing it and still are as a favor to me to test out the program and so the in-person element of it uh, is usually taking more local speakers and doing the same kind of thing so whether the people who I've interviewed on my podcast there's a place that you can submit to speak uh, and then I create this day for the school based on a theme that the school and I decide on and so it's either through people who I've interviewed on either show who submit to speak and I like what they're about or who have spoken at a past summit. And then we just tailor topics to whatever the school says that their students are struggling with most. Huh. That's cool. I love that. And what's your plan? What's the long-term goal or midterm goal in terms of these summits and conferences? So I started it with no plan. And so it's been really chaotic behind the scenes because it is just way more than I ever expected it to be. So I honestly was planning for the Yukon one to be the last one until another school reached out following the Yukon one and, and asked to bring it to them. And so right now I'm focused on actually merging my company with another founder in Austin who started a company called Grasshopper. So we're testing out right now three months as co-founders. And then we're really going to bridge both of those and build out a membership element to this, uh, to both companies, because she also has a very similar company with mentorship. And then what I would like to do is stop working with the colleges in the way that we are and host two major summits a year where you can buy tickets and whatnot, because right now you can't come to a summit if you're not a student. And I would like to make it more accessible, but the reality of that is having to charge people for tickets and like look for different sponsors and whatnot. But that is kind of the evolution of the company at this point. Got it. So to make it, so go to go down more of the mentorship road. Yeah, more of the mentorship and also more of a membership type element. So right now, instead of being able to book a one-off call, we really want to entice you to like be a part of this growing community. So have access to ongoing webinars and a networking slack and things like that so not only you don't even if you come to a summit you don't just walk away from the summit being like oh that was a great day on to the next like we really want you immersed in this fearless mission so that every single day like whatever we're doing you're following that and feeling like it is helping you grow as a person and find your identity that's awesome that's great yeah. I like it a lot it's wonderful especially honing in on that um I guess that right out of college age. Um, yeah, because the truth is, unless you're a business or finance major um, or taking econ classes, you're right. You don't graduate college really knowing how to do those sort of basic skills. Um, and you're not really necessarily ready to look for a job. No, and I know that I said like, you don't, that didn't really make sense what I said. You don't learn those things because you do learn those things. But it's like, if you're studying business, like I haven't ever talk to someone who studied business and then can tell me X, Y, Z about investing or finances or like their own personal finances. Uh, same with entrepreneurship, people that I knew who studied that. So I just think that the school system in general is certainly lacking due to budget, due to lack of teachers, resources to give people all of the elements they need to live their best life. And it's really hard now for people to live an easy life because it is so hard to even just exist as a young person with social media with how expensive it is to live I mean it's like I don't know who expects anyone to be able to pay for anything at the age under 30 like of course people still live at home it is so hard to not 
live at home under even 35. I know. And it'll be harder and harder. I know. Yeah. It's exactly. really awful. I know. Especially if you take, you know, you take loans out and you're going to spend, you know, the first however many years just paying those back and yeah. trying to get a job that you can save a little money. It's really hard. I know. And certainly to go get an apartment on your own and, you know, live in a city. It's, it's awful. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I've done this, I've done this. I did that like, and I have and continue to do that. And I, uh, I think that's my biggest piece of advice is like, don't do it. But looking back on on me and how I was at 17, like there was no way I was going to still live at home. I was broke living on a bed floor in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And I still probably would have chosen that instead of living in a small town. But like, did I get into debt and have I made mistakes along the way? Because I did that. Yes. Uh, but like, I would tell someone don't do that. But if you're someone who's going to do it, then you probably are the 1%. And even if you do fall down, uh, you'll figure out your direction because you were willing to be so fearless and embark on something that is such unknown territory. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, life's a game of learning. You got to sort of, you got to, you got to hit those moments. You got to hit the, hit the wall and keep going. I agree. Exactly. But I do think basic skills and I do think there's a lot. And this, I do believe, especially for women, I think we are, um, yeah. I think women don't, a lot of women don't take the initiative to really learn about how to take care of themselves in the most basic ways, like literally yeah. saving finances, accounting, um, investing. I think we, in, it sounds old fashioned, but it is true still to this day, sort of planning for the future and yeah. being in charge of your own finances. I think it is, I think we're just sort of be like, eh, we'll do this one day and then we'll stop and someone else will take care of it. And that's a terrible way to live. Or there's the expectation that you're going to really marry a rich guy. And, and that's great. And I mean, I know many people who have done that or do that, but that being said, that just is so not how I was raised because my mom really struggled and has always honestly really struggled. And uh, I mean, I was even at lunch or dinner actually a few uh, weeks ago with a good friend of mine in Austin and she's 32 and she was just really struggling. Like she had lost her phone and had to buy it. And uh, I, I was like, you know, we just buy dinner. Like, it's fine. You don't need to pay me back. It's 30 bucks. And uh, I was like, you know, you have savings, right? You can like, you can pull out of your savings. She's like, no, I don't. And I was like, oh my God. And that's when I was like, oh my God, people are more like, and I mean, I love her to death, but I just was like, what do you mean you don't have savings? She was like, I don't save. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do you mean you don't save? Like, and then I went to my other friend and was like, please tell me you save. And she was like, she's 30. And she was like, I think I have maybe 20,000 in savings. And I was like, if you had started saving at age 20, $300 a month, that 20 now would be, oh gosh, I'm so bad at math. Like 50, 60,000. Oh, I was like, you guys, what are you doing? But I think also that that does circle back to, it does circle back to the evils of social media and to this idea that, you know, especially as women that we, we need things now and we have to look a certain way and we have to have these things and that they are attainable, right? And now there's this idea of, you know, you can, well, you can buy it used or you can get it secondhand. So it's, it's more affordable, but it isn't actually, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's killing you. And it's taking all your, what should be going into savings and, and eating, you know, your giant yeah. pile of cash that you need to one day buy a home, yeah. um, that you won't ever be able to do. And that is how you create equity. And that's how you create assets for yourself. And that's how you, you know, you have, a that's how you build wealth. Um, yeah. 
And that's a real problem. It's a real problem. And so I applaud you for addressing it to even just two friends. And then obviously on the bigger platform that you have, I think so few women, so few people are doing that. There are some really phenomenal young entrepreneurs, young compared to myself who are doing it, um, that I think are, you know, awesome. Um, I don't know if you read the skim, they are awesome. They're great. And I think they've used their platform in so many phenomenal ways and just helping, especially women really like, just look at issues that I don't think they did. And, um, it's, it's so important. It really, really is. And I think there is this idea. Yeah. that so seems so antiquated. Well, not just I'll marry someone who's, who's wealthy or will be wealthy or rich or come from rich family or whatever it is, but more just this idea, I will marry someone and they will deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the number of people that I know who thought they were dealing with it and they weren't, you know, there was nothing and their marriages either ended or then they found out, um, or one day they just found out and there was like, wait a second, I thought we had X and we actually have X minus a hundred. So, and you know, you, that's not how you can live. You can't live with your head under the covers. No. And that's why it's so impossible, important to teach it to people, especially women is you can rely on this or you can just do it for yourself. And the sooner you can teach someone that at a young age, the more they really have a grasp on it. So they don't end up like I was at 20 being like, oh my gosh, I'm in so much debt because I had no idea what I was doing. And I never was like, I'll just marry a rich husband. I just was like, I'm going to be rich and pay this off. And then I was like, okay, but like, I'm not really rich yet. And I'm only 20. So like, what's my plan here? Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a long time to build a company. And it takes a long time, especially if you're doing it as an entrepreneur on your own, it takes a long time. So Um, Well, I applaud you for everything that you're doing and I'm grateful for everything that you're doing. And I think that your platform is phenomenal. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and for people to listen. And like I said, my, you know, my personal goal is just teaching women to take control of their health and their wellness. And I believe what you're doing absolutely falls under that umbrella. And it's, just about, you know, saying this is my life. And if I don't take care of myself, nobody else will. That idea of you got to put your mask on first, um, no matter who's next to you, because if we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else is going to do it. And if you go down, everyone in the ship goes down. So I think that's just phenomenal. And to have learned that and taken down, gone down the road at such a young age is so commendable. So thank thank you. you.